heart and hard work come together when there's a relationship there. Heart and hard work is difficult without others. So for me, that's where hard and hard work comes from. It comes from the relationship, the continued relationship, and the passion. Passion rules the heart. If you've got the passion in there and you care about those that you serve, that is passion. That's heart and hard work. The Heart and Hard Work podcast lets us walk alongside extraordinary people, reflecting on their stories to share learnings, mindsets, and actions that help us be our best. I'm the host, Rob Maloney. I've been guided by teammates, leaders, and mentors through life's most intense challenges, and they've empowered me to build this podcast space so we can grow together. We all face different challenges running our own races, but we can celebrate the power of our diverse stories united by the thread of building our best selves with heart and hard work. Hey, just wanted to give a quick heads up. Darren does use some strong language in this episode of Heart and Hard Work, but it's because he's full of passion, enthusiasm, and heart and hard work is a true part of who he is. So we let him run and bring his authentic self. We just want to make sure that you have a chance to listen in the right environment without anyone who might be upset by that kind of language. If that would have set you, Maybe you can pick a different episode, but we do think that this episode is outstanding and I'm excited to share it with you. I'm here with Darren Gibb, who not only has the probably the best beard we've ever seen on this podcast, but also you're showing up with your special Hamburglar shirt today. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I meant to get changed, <laughs> Rob. Turned up on screen and realized, geez, it's a, it's a Hamburglar. So that might be it. Gen Z probably, I don't know if Gen Z will get that. They might well do. But yeah, the Hamburg, the Scottish Hamburglar is in the house. What can I say, Rob? <laughs> I've been watching your personality online for a little bit. I think this is going to be such a fun conversation. You being someone who is a former high school teacher, a background I can relate with. And I know that teaching is at the heart of what you do and continue to do to help solopreneurs, coaches, really just anyone be able to utilize better storytelling techniques and especially generating AI that can actually be be helpful and complement our skills. So on top of that, your personality is over the top. Awesome. We got a Scotsman. I think it, I, I we said you, you're free to use whatever language you need. If you're just listening right now, you need to, to check out the video at least a little bit and look, look on your Spotify, look on your Apple, look at that smile. This is going to be a, a great conversation. Give it a like, give it a follow. Um, I'm just so pumped. So Darren, before I, I, I keep going, I always like to give my guests the opportunity to let us know a little bit more about the person who stands before us today and allow us to really witness and experience you. And so the first question I want to ask you is, how do you want to be witnessed? I want to be witnessed as someone who's relatable, someone who knows what they're doing and someone can be trusted. I suppose a little bit like how human beings, we probably all want to be viewed, how we all want to be done, you know? So yeah, that's how I want to be witnessed. People just being comfortable. When I was a high school teacher, Rob, I was all about creating a safe environment to learn in. An environment where people were able to make mistakes, able to fail, and then to learn from it. I always tell my clients, a failure is never a failure unless we fail to learn. And I think that's really important. So when I was a high school teacher, I encouraged making mistakes. You've just caught my LinkedIn live where I'm building things in public, making mistakes all the way. So yeah. making mistakes is normal, right? I think we need to normalize it, to accept it, and to stop listening to people to say otherwise, you know? I think that's really it. So I think that's really how I'd want to be witnessed is somebody who has a 
really strong knowledge of what he does is always wanting to improve, always wanting to learn and ultimately help others, help other coaches, solopreneurs actually realistically quit that nine to five, not selling, not selling fluorescent dreams to them and actually give them a real practical way to really succeed on LinkedIn, double their prices, get better paying clients get more clients, and again, enjoy the process. I think LinkedIn dies for so many of us because it's so fucking vanilla sometimes. So I think it's all about that, really enabling people to be themselves and really market that as their unique proposition. Yeah, that, and that's powerful. That definitely stood out to me from watching you, a lot the fun time you're having, the engagement with the comments. And I know you also, you don't see yourself as a coach, but you really do see yourself as a teacher because, and, and when I was teaching, I always thought about it as, the, the teacher isn't responsible for the learning. It's you're responsible for setting the environment where learning can take place. And you do that by being willing to look like a fool, being willing to make those mistakes, because that gives everybody else permission to do the same. And I know also you talk about your, your definition of success. I want you to talk about that a little bit more because you brought up in a previous conversation that you really feel your success from the success that you're able to enable for others. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I always tell people, I always say it on a, on a sales call as well, because I believe it 100%. Your success is my success. If you're not successful, I'm fucked. I can't be successful, right? <laughs> so I truly believe that. And it's really something that I wake up every morning. And that's what I remember. Their success is my success. So to, for me to be successful, they must be. And it was the same in teaching. You know, you, you, I love what you've said there. And I do. It sounds slightly pretentious, but I'm not a coach. A teacher to me is a psychological support at times, emotional support. It can be at times physical support when it needs that arm around them. It's helping them and allowing them to make those mistakes and to feel confident in doing so and know that a mistake isn't the end of the world, right? So the teacher side of me, this is what I do. I still teach people, kids, well, teenagers and adults aren't that different, Apart from hormones, teenagers are a wee bit hornier than adults. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one, right? But in general, they're not. They're both vulnerable. They both don't like making mistakes. They both have their reputations in their line. They both want to fit in. They both want to grow and develop. Again, teenagers slightly less so, less obviously so. Adults a bit more. But the problems are the same. So I really do believe that what my role is, is to teach them to be there for them emotionally. Soulpreneurship's difficult, right? Not everyone's hitting five-figure months. Some people are struggling to clear four-figure months. It's real. The pain and struggle is real. So it's also being there for them when they need it, offering them there. I've made mistakes. I've failed. I've thought about quitting before. So all those feelings I feel in my role as their LinkedIn strategy, storytelling, AI teacher, I've been there with those struggles myself. Just like when I was a high school teacher. I was the worst behaved in the classroom. So it was a privilege for me when kids would try to do little tricks to get out of homework. I'd say to them, look, what are you doing? What are you doing here, Rob? I invented that trick, my friend. You're not <laughs> fooling me. Come on now. And it's the same as adults. Adults make these similar kind of excuses. And some things we have to, again, I always say, I'm there for my clients like a teacher would to put the arm around them when they need it and give them the kick up the ass when they need it as well. And I think that's what I feel is it's that teacher role. Definitely. That, that really stands out. I think you're talking about teens versus young developing professionals versus full-grown adults versus our parents versus our grandparents. Everyone feels that, right? Everyone feels that 
that no one wants to be out there making mistakes. No one wants to be, well, truthfully, I think just people don't want to be embarrassed. They want to feel that it's okay. They, they don't want to feel that they're judged by their mistakes. And, and that's what's really stood out to me. So watching you put on a session like you did this morning, uh, I think was, was great where you just had an open, like so many people would not do a live demo of anything. And you really are doing that with your product. And undoubtedly, that's the reason why you've been able to build the six figure business that you have in under a year, right? If I'm not mistaken. And just no, over a year. Yeah. Just over a year. 14 just months. over a year. No, and no, no advertising, right? Just, just, mm. just the pure heart out there. And so what I'm really focused on, what, what I'm really, I guess, admire especially is the fact that you're the person that did that. And I want to learn more about the person that did that because we could look at you and be like, wow, you've always been this way. That's amazing. And, and we see people on, and we put them on their pedestal. Oh. Look at that smile. I know almost, I'll tell you what I'm going to try. Keep on talking to me. I am listening, but yeah, I, yeah. I see if I don't fix this, it's going to annoy me. Give me just I'd rather, I, okay, there Give it is. I, no, I'd rather there. you talk anyway. The point I wanted to say is you have, have you always been that way? Or is that something that everyone can learn to develop? Um, sorry, say that again. Sorry, learn to be which way. <laughs> sorry, I was distracted. Sorry, Rob. To be the person who's willing to be a fool, who's willing to have fun, just as you are right on fire. That's why it's not worth interrupting. Have you always been that sort of willing to be put yourself out there at the expense of yourself? Because maybe I want to know more about what you think it obtains, what's going through your mindset. And have you always been that way? Or is that something that you had to develop and lean into more? I've always been, I've always been an extrovert. Let's kind of like try and like, if we're going to use labels, as I get older, definitely, I think I'm becoming more introverted, ambiverted. But yeah, I've, I've never been afraid of making mistakes, Rob. I wasn't brilliant at school. I really wasn't. I wasn't brilliant at school. English was my thing. Went on to be an English teacher. So <clears throat> apart from English history, I didn't really enjoy school much. You know, I am... A lot of crap being taught that I had to memorize that I would never use in my life. Mathematicians, I apologize, but I couldn't give a fuck about Pythagoras's Pythagoras or his theorem. Hey, you don't say that. You don't say that about our boy Pythagoras. I'm just kidding. Wow, sorry. It's like it's like it's like it's like you having a dig at Shakespeare to me. I'm sorry, my brother. I'm sorry. We're good. We're good. I'm with you though. Right? If you can't find a direct application for it, you know it's very hard to think about schooling. Never let your schooling get in the way of your education. Totally. I love it, Rob. And that's what education does. Education still with summative set assessments when you're testing a kid's, a kid's knowledge of two years in the UK in a two-hour exam. How is that in any way fair? How is that testing any sort of skills or application? It's just testing rote memory. And that's not true learning, in my opinion. It's really not. Learning and education should be supplying people with the skills to succeed. Rob, it's why I'm against templates. It's why I don't give scripts to my clients to be reading from on a sales call. Or if I do, it'll be templates that are very customized. Why? Because scripts and things just don't work. Learning things by rote don't. I always say, give a person a fish, they'll eat for a day, right? Give them a fishing right. rod, they'll eat for a week. Well, what happens after that week? What happens when that fishing rod, rod breaks? And they can't eat anymore. So I always like to think that I teach people how to gather the materials to then construct the rod so that when it eventually over time breaks, they can rebuild it again. And it's skills that I'm all about. So yeah, I feel I've always kind of been this way. Certainly only when I went to university did I suddenly think, oh, maybe I'm not that dumb after all. Hmm, okay. And I think that more adventurous side came out. But I think because I wasn't great at school and I was quite badly behaved, making mistakes has never really been a problem for me. You know, it's, um, 
I wasn't the greatest at school, as I say. So I can identify with whether it be kids in a classroom in my old job or what I've been doing for the last two years. I identify with failure, with problems. And I think they're a good thing and we need to celebrate them. And I think it's somebody that something that we can change. You know, we both were, I've one of my clients, Edward, Edward Oberinthenio, one of the leading authorities of growth mindset in the world. I know you yeah. also know him as well, Rob. Incredible yeah, he's going to be on guy. the podcast. Absolutely amazing. He speaks a lot about this as well. So we are able to change our mindset. It is. It's absolutely. Ironically, the very first pedagogical book I read at university was by Carol Dweck, the inventor of the uh, OG. Mindset, the the OG. Exactly. So with Eduardo obviously set up a company with her. So for me, it was amazing hearing this. But yes, mindset is absolutely not fixed. Absolutely right. not. If I had a fixed mindset, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I probably wouldn't have even gone on to be a school teacher. I would have stayed in sales. So yeah, this we can change. It's about realigning our thinking to a way that we don't give a fuck if we fail for a start. I think that's the number one thing of growth, my growth mindset. Stop caring if you fail. Just don't, you know, it's not a failure unless you learn from it. So, okay, what went wrong there? How can we fix it? How can we try not to make sure it happens again next time? If it does, what are we going to do? That's growth mindset for me. Absolutely. And it's I, th the reason why I didn't even start with labels and extrovert and, and introvert is I don't, I don't like labels in general because they, they, they exist for a reason because they're convenient, but they're also the things that channel us towards thinking about things in isolated singular data point kinds of ways, instead of the full breadth and the full depth of our identity as someone who can be extroverted in some situations and introverted in others. It's very situational. It doesn't have to be your one or the other, because that's going to bound the perception of yourself. So I, I love talking to you and I love hearing you and I love watching you teach online because I'm watching you live a growth mindset, which I like to consider myself if, if I had, I'm trying to live a growth mindset. This is what it looks like in action. I'm starting a podcast, not because I have anything figured out, but because I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm asking people who are also in the process of figuring it out. And I'm just I love seeing that in you. And I love you do really bring that out. And I, and I want to know more about your mindset. And, and how do you stay driven? Because a lot of people feel that way. But here's the, th the reality is we call failures failures. Because they suck, they, they feel the way that they do. It's not easy to quickly bounce back, right? Angela Duckworth, Carol Dweck, how do you keep yourself driven? How do you keep bouncing back? Great question, Rob. I would say it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, your success is my success. So if I don't, that is my drive because I don't want my clients to stop making money or to have problems or for this, what they've trusted in me and suddenly I'm not there, I'm not available. I think it's a big difference as well. I think so many coaching programs, people will buy the program and then they never meet the coach or they never have it. I have to be there all the time for my clients. Yes, I'm sure I could make a lot more money if I wasn't, but I wouldn't. That's what drives me. That's what keeps me coming back on. I think as well is that we can become stagnant in our skill set. You know, again, going back to the fixed mindset, the fixed, the fixed mindset. And I think about again, it's about this. We should always be looking to learn, to grow, to improve. I think we're getting better at it, but like you're doing with these podcasts, what a great way to learn. I think, you know, bro marketing, I see it come flashes of it coming back, but bro marketing as in, you suck, you're going to fucking die unless you buy my product. I think that kind right. of has gone away a little bit, right? I think we are more open to empathy, compassion, collaboration. And I think this is important. I think that 
people, especially on LinkedIn, increasingly being open and saying, I've not got my shit figured out. Right. I'm, get, I'm better than I was, but I've still not. And I think that's important. It's We never know the full extent of all knowledge. Chat GPT might do, but we certainly don't, right? We don't have this full knowledge. And we're always able to learn and to grow and to adapt. But for me, it's about society. It's about communication. It's about learning, growing failing, succeeding together. So what keeps me driven is the success of my clients, the success that, that I want to be the best that I can. Because if I'm not firing on all cylinders, I can't have my, my clients won't fire fire on all cylinders, nor my community on LinkedIn. But it's also important. And this is something that I've, I'm learning and I'm still not good. I've actually got a coach myself to help me with this sort of stuff. Learning to structure my day, learning to give myself time for myself. Rob, I can work for 12 hours nonstop and love it and not notice it's gone from day to dark outside, right? <laughs> I know that's not healthy though. So this is the battle I have at the moment and it's never wanting to quit. It's, it's, it's needing to stop and take breaks and things like that. But I love what I do and I think it's a fine line. Yes, we absolutely should take breaks and have structured days and all these sorts of things and me time and self-care I also think we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace if we are just hyper engaged in something and love what we do and we're passionate. So it it's that one there. But what drives me is my clients and just loving what I do. My passion drives me. You know, it, well, that's when I was a high school teacher, did when I was, when I was a language teacher, and it has for the last three years in this. It, it's powerful to hear you reflecting on that because you talked about how empathy has become more important, how we can see ourselves relating to the people who are giving us these messages. And for you to say, I'm still someone who's working on this myself. I'm not like, I'm not the coach who has it all figured out. And like, and then, you know, behind the scenes, we, we know behind the scenes, you, you post and then you, you hit, you hit send or upload and then you collapse on the floor. Right. Cause it's like, you did everything you grind, grind, grind to get it in there. So I, I, I want to know, like for people who are thinking about getting started in solopreneurship or entrepreneurship or just Everyone nowadays is trying to do a side hustle or something. We're all ordinary people just grinding, trying to put that extra work in, right? Yes. So can we empathize a little bit with more about you and your story? Obviously, you didn't get where you are without being an ordinary person who put the grind in. Can you talk more about what makes you ordinary? Going to the pub to watch football with my friends at the weekend, having a season ticket at the, my local team, football team here in uh, Madrid, Rayo Vallecano. right? Big football fan, soccer, big, big fan. Uh, that's what keeps me on my friends. Um, there's times with my friends that I wish they were in the world that I'm in. And it's frustrating. So I'm excited and I talk about things to them and they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And they give me grace, but they'll kind of, they'll also give me shit sometimes as well, right? And they're what keep me grounded. My family keep me grounded. My girlfriend keeps me grounded. You know, God love her. I'll sit and talk about chat GPT and she'll just listen. <laughs> And I love that about her. I'll also, if I am perhaps getting a bit big for my boots, I've got people all around me who'll quickly slap me back down and just remind me that you know you are normal. Right. I don't like, I don't deal with hierarchy. I don't deal with authority very well. I, I believe in autonomy, you know, and I think that's that. That's really it. Is I I don't want to. I I won't allow myself to be anything more than I am. I am a male 38 years old with a big old beard long hair and a scottish accent it's and a great beard and passionate thank you and a hamburger shirt and the hamburger i should have trimmed it for this i regret that now i literally got on stream and thought 
dude, you look like you've been living wild for two weeks. So apologies. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's it. How to stay normal? Just, just, just. I think honestly, I wish I had something more insightful. No, powerful, that, but that just, is just, that is powerful. That is powerful, and because you like it points out, like I don't think, and most people probably don't, like you ever planned on becoming an entrepreneur from what never. we talked about. You never. never planned on it. So was there a pivotal moment for you or something when, when you were like, Oh, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. Or was it just, you were acting, you just started taking action with that growth mindset. And then all of a sudden somebody hit you and they're like, what's it like being an entrepreneur? And you're like, what do you mean? And you're like, oh, am I an entrepreneur? <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a wee bit of that. I'll be honest. Um, for me, for me, I mean, like I, I loved high school teaching. I absolutely loved standing in a classroom with 20, 30 teenagers and teaching English literature. It was just the most, re- one of, no, this is the most rewarding, it's equally as rewarding as what I do now. I truly loved it. I was head of sixth form, I was head of everything basically. And the owners of the school really were looking to run it as a profit organization to I don't even care if this goes out to fund their beautiful yacht on the sea, Mediterranean seas. Right. And for me, if you're in, and it's a belief I have to this day as well with my clients, if you're there to serve somebody as a teacher, they are the most important fucking thing in the world. It's not the profits. It's not the money. It's the individual. And I think that's what I've always kept with me kind of is that teacher mindset, even into entrepreneurship, but bro, I bro, mate, dude, (laughs) I had no want about business. I never grew up wanting to be a rich person or I hated the rich and all this and was very much socialism and I hate capitalism and all that. So bro, I, I, I never, ever thought about becoming a solopreneur. What pushed it was, number one, those millionaire owners who didn't give a shit about the kids or the education. I can't deal with that. I'm sorry. I I can't. I can't deal with that. So I left that with a heavy heart. I actually ended up staying an extra two years to see through the kids that were basically my babies because they were the ones that were completely neglected and forgotten about. And a lot of them looked to me for strength for everything else. So I stayed on for them. I then worked in the world of English language teaching. I was traveling four hours a day, Rob, four hours a day on metros buses not getting time to me constantly just going from business to business to business then the pandemic hit and i lost all my hours and it was really just sitting here at my computer i remember it clearly it must have been about march 11th or 12th we got locked down in spain couldn't leave the house apart from to go to the hospital to the doctors at the pharmacy or the supermarket couldn't exercise couldn't walk nothing and it was then I lost all those classes. And I quickly realized, Darren, no one's going to really look out for you. Like, mm. I am disposable. I am just a teacher and I was disposable. And it was that moment that really hit me, Rob. It was a, it was a com- combination of what am I going to do to put money on the table next month? I was working month to month, basically, paycheck. And how do I build something for me that's lasting? And talking about mindset, that was my mindset. This pandemic's not going to go away anytime soon. I felt it was going to be months, years. So I'm going to leave this pandemic with something that I didn't have when I entered it. And that's when my business was born. Mm. That is that is powerful. And what's standing out to me too is how important, how much you care about the success of your students, how much you care about the success of the people you work with. It's it's so apparent that you are someone who's found a way to root success in other people in relationships in their success. And I find that that's the most sustainable. And that's what keeps me driven myself as in terms of a personal success model. I don't want to say it's a business model, but like 
if I'm always in, if I'm always invested in the success of people around me, I feel way more fulfilled. I, I know that I'm proud of what I'm doing and it, it, it makes me feel good. Let the money follow after that. Right. So if I have enough, if I have enough to, to go for the, the, the run that I want to do or eat, you know, the healthy food that I want, I don't need too much more. Uh, I just, I want those relationships. I want people around me like that. And I, I believe you truly live that. And everybody has an origin story and, and, and you, you actually help people write out their origin stories. And I, I know that you even sent a little message to yourself in the past. And I, I was hoping to have a chance to reflect on that with you. Um, do you have that in front of you or, or do you want me I to read that? Don't, but uh, I'll tell you what, yeah, if you want to read it, Rob, that'd be good. Yeah, I'd quite like to hear it to reflect. Yeah, you go ahead. You read it. For yeah, me. It, I'll, I'll read it. I thought it'd be interesting just to spend this time reflecting on you looking back and, and a lot of big, a lot of this podcast is gathering the wisdom from experience of those who have gone before us, right? Like, let's not waste that. Let's take the opportunity to learn from that. Let's turn that hindsight into our foresight so we don't have to make the same mistakes or, or just what can we learn from the positives? And it, it says here, dear Darren, in the past, the world isn't meant for people like you. There are people out there who are more intelligent, better looking, more experienced, more sensible, and simply luckier than you are. So true. You will see others accelerate to seemingly perfect lives with more money and portrayed happiness faster and faster than you will ever be able to. You're going to be questioned and tested by yourself and others continuously. But it's in this that you will discover who you are what your values are, and what differences you can make in the world. And anyone who tells you that you can't achieve them, uh, you can't achieve what you dream, fuck them. They're not going to be the people to listen to, rather the people to be inspired by, inspired to prove them wrong, be open, loving, curious, and giving in business and life. People will exploit this from time to time. That says more about them than it does about you. Don't stop giving back period after each one. Be steadfast in your convictions. Stand up for what you believe in. Trust that gut instinct when everyone else says it's impossible. And that means take that risk. And if you fail, it's only failure if you fail to learn from it, my boy. My little Scottish accent. Be brave, <laughs> be resilient, and true to yourself. And when you experience success, don't forget those who aided you to succeed. This world perhaps wasn't made for someone like you. It's your job to make space for you because there are thousands of others out there who get you, who are like you, who share the same values as you do and who will support, teach and learn from you. And tomorrow, tomorrow is always another day. Wake up with that fire in your belly. Be thankful you have the day ahead and make the change. I'll be keeping an eye on you, wee man. Darren, <laughs> that when I read that the first time, I was I got a chill. That was powerful. I, I hope listeners right now go back and listen to it one more time. Write their own story. Think about their own story. Tell me, tell me, tell us more about what that mean, meant to you. Yeah, listening to it back, Rob, was really interesting. So I mean, I really spent some time on that. The editor in me, I'd probably take out a couple of the cliches in there that I don't like, but anyway. Um, it's true. I mean, I, I think 
it's not even to say the world is set up for well the world is set up for certain people to succeed actually let's just be brutally honest here but i think it is it's about just being true to yourself you know i think when i started out on business and linkedin and things like that i was just saying what everyone else was saying rob i was repeat towing the line so to speak kind of a yes man never saying no um not taking a risk with what I believe, not taking a risk and saying, I think this way about this, not mm. using my intelligence, my rationale, my logic, my knowledge to actually say something rather just ra- rather I would just recycle other people's ideas who I felt were more intelligent, better looking X, Y, Z than me. Right. And it was really just leaning into this. It was part talking about kind of going back earlier on about kind of, quitting and getting back up again I think I was kind of getting close to quitting LinkedIn mm. which is amazing in hindsight because I was just bored of myself I was bored what I was writing right it wasn't enjoyable I wasn't being truthful I was being vanilla I was being very bland I certainly wasn't saying the word fuck my most my favorite word if you haven't worked out by now <laughs> in public on LinkedIn because oh, well, what people think of me and it was really that, it was that and one of my good friends, uh, Richard Moore, I think it's Richard who said this, but I've kind of appropriated it. It might even be myself that said it. I don't even know if it was. I think it was Richard, I can't remember. But anyway, content should always seek to attract and repel. And I think mm. that when we're being ourselves, we are naturally allow that. When we're saying how we feel, some people, when we say where we're feeling we're natural, we naturally implicitly share our values and our beliefs with those who are reading. People who don't like the way I look or don't like the way I speak, don't like the way I write, don't like the fact that I'm a little bit prickly sometimes, I'll call things out. That's okay. My content repels them. They either scroll past it or will never work with me. But those who go, I like this crazy Scottish bastard. I like the mad shit he comes out with. I like the way he thinks. I share similar values. Well, they're always such easier people to work with, Rob, because Mm. I don't have to convince them to like me first. So that's, I think, is a metaphor for, for, for life in general. We do attract and repel. When we repel, we should never seek to offend. We should never seek to speak over or speak louder than the person who's saying something to us. In fact, those that we repel, if we're able to get feedback from in life or in, in content marketing, we must listen to them. They might be saying, you're an, I'm an asshole. Well, why am I an asshole? Tell me what it is. I don't have to accept what they're saying, but it helps to keep me in check. Going back to how do you keep grounded? I think that's it as well. I'm very lucky I don't suffer from trolls or negativity, but there's people who clearly don't quite of you agree with my view of things and they'll say it in comments. Yeah. I love those comments. As much as I love and respect and couldn't live without the support I get on LinkedIn and comments, I do like people to challenge my narrative because it keeps me fresh. And I think right. that's really important as well. That is so important. So but it's it's similar to marketing when you make a product that's kind of good for group A and kind of good for group B, thinking I'll, I'll just make it better for everyone. I'll just include everyone. They end up not liking it at all. You just effectively make a product that's not good for everyone when you try to straddle. When you try to straddle in your personal relationships and your identity, I'll, be, I'll kind of fit in over here and I'll kind of fit in over here because I'm going to watch what I say with both of them. Again, no one's really happy because they're indifferent. They're indifferent. You feel terrible. Everyone's uncomfortable. So the way I, I think about it for myself, the framework I use is it when I'm being bold and I'm just being myself and I'm being, I'm caring to speak my mind, not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, just, just sharing the way I, I think and believe it creates a firewall. And, and I think of a firewall, literally just a ring of fire, not like, Oh, the whole thing's burning. 
you see there's a ring of fire. Some people are going to look at that and say, oh, fire. And they're going to turn, they're going to run away. It's going to repel, like you said. And then other people are going to look at that and say, oh, that's, that's hot. That's fresh. That's interesting. That's warm. And they're going to take a step into the ring instead of running away from it. And then right. you keep those people, you care about what the right people think inside your circle, inside your, the, you know, you care about what the right people think inside your circle. Yeah, that's it. That's totally it. And as I say, listen to it and take on board those who are outside the circle, but at the same time, don't give too much of a fuck about it. You know, at focus the same time, if, there with if you. they didn't want to be in the circle, you can't be worried about necessarily about what they think because you yep. can't let that stop you. You can't let that turn you around every time someone doesn't like what you're doing or doesn't think you're qualified to to do anything that you're doing. You know, yep. listen to the right voices. And conversely, if people start leaving that ring. We need to start questioning why people are leaving that ring as well. If people are leaving, but there's a, roughly an equal amount coming in from outside, okay, that's very natural interchange. But yeah, if we start seeing the circle getting smaller right. and smaller within, and we look outside the circle, and it's just thousands of charred people, then we probably we're doing right. something wrong, right? You're burning so yeah, some people. You know, we're not trying to burn people. Another great addition. I love analogies. They really help my 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 brain click. Um, the question on my mind and maybe many others, cause you're the chat GPT expert. Did chat GPT help you write your origin story here that you, you wrote this letter to yourself? Absolutely not brother. Absolutely I felt not. that one. I felt that one came from the heart. I, and, and, and I know I've seen some of the outputs and I was like, this is, this is, this is something real. So I really appreciate you sharing that in that genuine way, getting ready to wrap up. I think it was really quickly, Rob. Yeah. I think that's one thing that chat GPT kills is authenticity. Mm. And authenticity is a buzzword that's overused. I like it storytelling, is. to be honest. You need authenticity. Then what does that actually mean at the core of it? Well, it's just being us. And chat GPT kills it. Yes, we can train it. I always, I train my clients to get chat GPT to have its style, their style of writing and things like that. It can help us. But for me, for example, on LinkedIn, no post is ever AI written or helped. It, it's me because I know what I'm doing. But again, I think for when we're starting to build out marketing campaigns, if we want multi-channel social media, yeah, that's when we can start building it in. But for LinkedIn, where comments and everything else are so important for the algorithm, it's got to be us. It can help us, but it can't be us. Yeah, it's a powerful tool to leverage. The important part being, I think it's a meaningful exercise for everyone to take time to reflect on their story, reflect on that message to themselves. And I hope that all of our listeners do kind of wrapping this out. I want to throw you into a little, you got another point. I was going to throw oh, you into just a little, a little hot seat. QR code. If you do want to buy the chat GPT digital product, oh, it's up there. So feel free <laughs> right there. Love that. Perfect. It's been, it's been there. So if you're watching, if you're listening right now and you haven't hit the follow button, you haven't hit the like button or, or thinking about who you could share this with, you could also get the link right there to Darren's chat GPT, schedule a meeting, uh, connect with him. You're going to, you're not going to regret the use of that time. Definitely. Um, I, I want to throw you into a hot seat real quick, just because do. I know we've been at, we, 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 we've been talking for a while and it's been just high quality all around. So distill some of these takeaways, like the, I really love your spin on my firewall, as well as if you teach someone to fish, they fish for a week, but if you teach them how to make the fishing tools, they can fish in any environment they can, they can adapt. And that's true to the teaching nature. So I want one more chance to reflect on a lot of the, the nuggets that we can pull from you. So are you ready for a hot seat? Ready, brother. Cool. So heart and hard work means something different to everyone. To you, what is it all about? <laughs> I feel, feel like I'm just resuming here. 
the, 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 the client, the customer, the individual, the relationship, heart and hard work come together when there's a relationship there. Heart and hard work is difficult without others. So for me, that's where hard and hard work comes from. It comes from the relationship, the continued relationship, and the passion. Passion rules the heart. If you've got the passion in there and you care about those that you serve, that is passion. That's heart and hard work. What's one quote that helps you remember who you are and align with who you want to be? Fuck quotes. I'm Darren Gibb. Next question. <laughs> that might be the best one I've ever heard on this show. I'm not a big fan of quotes. Um, <laughs> personally, I'm not That's a big lovely. fan. So for that reason, yeah, I, I knew that was coming and I didn't always, I was, was going to do, you know, your, uh, what's the Oscar Wilde quote about being in the gutter and looking up at the stars. But I thought, you know what? I don't have any quotes. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've got a mantra. So no, I'm not a quotes person. Uh, I'll tell you what, the quote I would use is a failure is only a failure if you fail to learn from it. There's my quote. I, I you like your that. original better and you, you, you took it to the next level. That was, that was a, that was, the best response to that question I've, I've heard to date and uh it's going to stick with me that's the reason why we like quotes because they stick with us and then we're ready for them when we need to call on them in the in the moment what's the most important book on your shelf probably it'd be stories that stick by kendra hall i really like the way that she views storytelling i really like the way she breaks it down and i love the way that it's it just works. It's a natural way to do it. I like her. I liked her storytelling as well. Uh, Story Worthy by Matthew Dix would be another really good one. Not so much for business storytelling, but more general storytelling. He's absolutely brilliant. So those two books would definitely stick out. Uh, Tiny Habits as well. Um, the James Clear book, I'm trying to build better habits. It's something that is a deficiency in my life. So those two would be standing out there as well. What's the best advice that you've Oh, been sorry. Doing? And the complete works of Shakespeare. My undergraduate is Shakespeare. So I'm going to throw the complete works of Shakespeare in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's awesome. And throwing Shakespeare in the mix. What, what's the best advice that you've been given on your road that you wish you realized sooner? To, to be yourself. As somebody who feels I've, I've always been myself, but as I said, especially those first six months in business, I felt I wasn't being. Just being yourself, you know, just... Just not caring, not, not, not so much not caring, but listening to criticism, understanding it, but not taking it to heart, but just don't, don't, not compromising yourself. I think that's really important. A few people have said that and it's really stuck and it's a mantra that I certainly live by now. What's a movie that gets you pumped? Yeah, I was really thinking about this one. I'm not a movie guy. See, if you were to ask me music, oh my God, I could give you a whole podcast of music, but a movie that gets me really pumped I watched movies once, mate, honestly. Uh, Train Spotting by Irvin Welsh, the Scottish. No, I'm not going to talk about that. The Scottish movie about heroin addicts. No. Um, um, I've, I've never watched Star Wars, by the way. I've never watched Lord of the Rings. Um, so, Lord of the Rings, probably. Lord of the Rings. Hey, no I've never it. seen it. I'm like, I was curious. I couldn't help, but if you were going to say Braveheart, I would have lost it. I would have loved that. But. Damn it. That, that, I tell you what, ironically enough, it is a movie I've seen more than once. And that freedom yell goosebumps. <laughs> there you go. You've answered it. Braveheart. Love you, bro. Thank the, you, man. The goosebumps. Like Braveheart it is. And the last question I want to ask you is a would you rather question that you brought. I, I want to introduce it is would you rather live in a world where music is banned or where all forms of visual art are prohibited? That was a question for you I was asking, Rob. That's such a difficult I'll answer question. It too. So for me, 
visual art can be interpreted in so many different ways. You know, the eyes or the face. But for me, as I said to you a minute ago, I'm a music guy. So uh, I could live with music over visual arts. Um, for me personally, music touches me in a way that art doesn't. My girlfriend's an artist. She loves art. She is incredible. Mm -hmm. But me... I'm just a useless dude from Scotland who loves rock and roll. So music for me, again, it's the lyrics. I love words, so I'm a bit of a wordsmith. So it's the lyrics, it's the words. So for me, music over kind of visual art. What about you, Rob? From a practical standpoint, I feel like the answer for me should be that music is banned because the way that my brain works primarily through visuals, through pictures, a lot of my dyslexic thinking makes it very challenging to, to read but I communicate often through pictures and I communicate a lot of times my notes are in form of pictures, my, di my, my, my diagrams and my journals and different entries and things like that. Um, but I think in a, from a relaxation standpoint, like a more enjoyable life would be one where we had at least music and we could, we could use that because it's so soothing. It's so calming and, and, and rhythmic. And I think that's really important to human nature. Yeah, that's a great answer. Damn it, that's a better answer than me. Can we like delete this and just like <laughs> something like that? Let's Actually, I was thinking we make to... this. We'll make this the podcast introduction. Just that question. <laughs> and there's the last, the last comment, the last thing. Because I, I after this, I'm going to have helpful resources. You got the QR code there. We're going to send people to your LinkedIn to DarrenGibb.com. I'm, I'm, I'm so confident that people are going to want to connect with you after this. This has been a great episode. Awesome too connect with you. Awesome to be able to share your story and to learn from you and, and to be able to sharpen my heart and hard work, learning from your story. I'm, I'm incorporating everything I'm learning from you. And I hope our listeners are as well. I want you to give you one chance to, to leave a message behind for yourself in the past, for yourself going to the future, and, and just to, to toss this to you and have the chance to share that last final message. And we're going to close out with that. So so Darren, how would you like to, to close this out with one final message? I think for myself, if it was future self, it would be don't forget who you are to keep those feet, feet on the ground, right? I think a message for everyone would be is that if they do have a side hustle, it's passion and hard work are required. If you love what you do, go and fucking do it. Don't let anybody tell you it's a bad idea. It's too much time. Take those lessons, learn. I'd also say invest in yourself. I think that's the number one mistake many solopreneurs make is that they don't invest in themselves because sometimes we need to invest to actually begin to generate and to, to grow. So asking for help, invest in yourself and, and just don't give up. Don't let, when somebody says to you, you can't do something, I said before, the final F-bomb of the, of the episode, fuck them, you can do it. If you've got the passion, the drive, the heart, Go for it. If you got the passion, the drive, the heart, go for it. Darren Gibb, thank you. Thank you so much. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for having me, having me on. Thank you so much for your wonderful listeners for listening to this crazy bastard for 40 minutes. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Can't wait to, 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 do, to do another one. From me and the whole podcast team, thank you for joining this conversation of heart and hard work. We hope you'll follow so you can continue to grow with us. If you enjoyed this episode, a great way to turn your reflections into meaningful action is by commenting, sharing, or liking us on your favorite podcast platform, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It also really helps share insights from stories of heart and hard work with the people who can benefit from them the most. 